Paranorm podcast contains content that might not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. This is Paranorm Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Paranorm, the podcast where we chat all things true crime and paranormal. I'm Emily. I'm Sierra. And this week, we are we are here. Mm. Yeah. Are we? Mm, maybe. Max is here. <laughs> Max is here. And we literally just had to uh, postpone uh, recording for like a solid five minutes because Maggie was um, having her playtime. Yep. Um, she decided right when Sierra turned in uh, turned on the laptop that it was time for her to start playing with her squeaky toys and running up and down the hallway. So now she is all snuggled up, though. Mm-hmm. She looks pretty cute. <laughs> Always. Always looks pretty cute, but right now she's, she's extra cute because she's snuggled. So, yeah. Um, yeah, but how are you? How are we? Mm, good. Yeah? Yeah. You had yesterday off. Yeah. Um, we did. What did we do? <laughs> guys, guys, guys. I just need to make a statement. I have the best best friend in the entire world. And like all of your other best friends are trash. Like nobody <laughs> compares to my best friend. Okay. Like it's, it's an actual, like it, it guys yesterday, Sierra took me to the Van Gogh um, immersive exhibit and I legitimately cried. Yes. Three separate times um, while we were there. And mm-hmm. then when I was retelling the, the things that we saw at the exhibit, I was crying again. Um, oops, sorry, y'all. It was the most beautiful thing I have ever seen. Like, I, I mean, it was, it was stunning. It was so stunning. It was so beautiful. Van Gogh is one of my favorite artists, if not my favorite artist. And mm-hmm. it, it was, it was stunning. It was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Um, and I just can't stop thinking about it. It, it honestly was beautiful. Um, and, uh, we tried Ethiopian food for mm-hmm. the first time. That was delicious. Especially the Ethiopian cheese. Mm-hmm. Oh it was God. good. Oh my God. It was like spicy mm-hmm. and, and incredible at the same time. The bread was a little interesting for you, I know. Um, yeah. But it was still good. Yeah. We need to go back because I'm ordering what you had. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely should have gotten my meat cooked well done instead of medium rare. Yeah. Because that's usually my go-to. Mm-hmm. But it, I definitely think it would have been better if I had gotten it well done. Oh, okay. Mags, you good, homie? Where yours are going. You're okay. We're safe. Nothing's going to get us, my baby. But anyway, it was literally the best day ever. Um, <laughs> I, I cannot stop talking about it. I was telling my partner, I was like, we're going to have to go back because I need to, like, ex- experience that again. Yeah. It was it was so amazing. Best thing ever. Love it. 10 out of 10 would recommend going. It was worth it. <laughs> oh, God. Because, like, literally, I mean, I would stare at the website, like, if not, like, three times a day. Mm. Just, like, looking, like, is there a change? Like, <laughs> can we go to this? But it was it was incredible. Because, like, Sierra had written on the calendar, like, Emily and Sierra do art stuff. Mm-hmm. It's a date. And I was like, okay, cool. We're going to go, like, paint a mug or, like, drink wine and, like, paint a canvas. Yeah. Like, you know, cool. Okay, cool. Like, I like those things. Mm-hmm. Didn't, not even in the realm of possibilities. <laughs> and, like, we pull up into the parking lot, and I'm looking, and I'm like, where are you taking me, homie? Like, <laughs> like some random part of Charlotte, anyway. Yeah, yeah, it was a very random part of Charlotte. And I was very, very confused. I knew we were by that um, greenhouse that we had been to. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I yeah. don't remember seeing any art things over here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I turned my head and there's a giant ass sign that says Van Gogh exhibit. And I was like, oh my God, no. Yeah. Um, so literally like that. Literally like that. I said, oh my God, so many times. I, I just, I had no God words. God actually appeared to us. <laughs> Which is shocking for someone who's agnostic. But um, yeah, no, it was, it was, it was the most incredible thing I've ever been to. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic. Um, will I shut up about it? No, I will not. <laughs> um, because it was incredible. So other than that, it's been an, it's been an okay day, uh, okay week. Um, I officially have another job, which Yay. is pretty fun. Um, I start in the, the coming month. Uh, but yeah, 
it's it's been pretty good over here. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like there was something else I was going to say, but oh, uh, our other roommate moved out. Yeah, we we it's just the two of us again, at least for the moment. Um, so yeah, a little sad. Yeah, it just like it changes the dynamic, you know. Mm-hmm. And, which is fine with just the two of us because we've done it before, so it's yeah, not a big it's deal. It's not like we hate each other. Yeah, thank goodness. Oh um, my god, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't tell from what I just said to you a few moments ago. <laughs> Literally, Sierra was like, "I just don't think about the weather" because we were talking about bringing the plants in, and Sierra goes, "I just don't think about the weather." And then I did not mean it the way that this is about to sound. Okay, guys, and I go, "Well, you don't really think about much." <laughs> I was like, oh, God. Okay. I swear I did not mean it. Like, that's how you really feel. (laughs) Oh, God. I forgot to hit record because I don't think about much. (laughs) I did not mean it like that. Oh, my God. I'm going to live on that for a hot minute. Yeah, like me with what are you doing? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I don't think about much. See guys, we secretly hate each other. It's all a, it's all a ruse. Um, oh man! Just for the podcast. Um, <laughs> Even though keep people keep asking if we're actually together. Oh my god! All the time, which is so funny. Just because I'm bi does not mean that we are together. Just because we're really close friends does not mean we're together. Just because we live together does not mean we are together. Like I still have a say in this. Yes, yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> We are not together. I am with someone else. So. Yeah, seriously. I'm not into polyamory. <laughs> oh my god, no. I can barely keep up with my boyfriend as it is. <laughs> and uh, trying to like split your time, the small amount of time that you have between more than one person. Oh my god, no. That's what kids are or like. Or just like just like trying to yeah. like listen to more than one person at a time. Mm-hmm. Like I have a hard enough time remembering like the differences between you and him mm-hmm. and like I'm like, oh, did I tell you about this? And he goes, nope. Or I'll go, did I tell you about this to mm-hmm. you? And you'll go, nope. And I'm like, well, fucking hell, who did I tell? <laughs> just your mom. Just my mom. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> um, that happens to me, too, though, like, when I'm talking, because I have the same class three times in a row. Mm-hmm. And I, I, by the third class, sometimes I'm like, it, just learn it. Like, <laughs> Yeah, get over it. Figure it the fuck out. Like, here you go. <laughs> Um, but I know that doesn't work, but yeah, it's just chatty tonight. It is. We've had things to talk about. We haven't had things to talk about recently. Well, and we've also been recording more so in the morning and we're both not fully here in the morning. So, and I am, I am now one, um, alcoholic slushy down. So, yeah. And I think sometimes I just forget like what happens. (laughs) Because you don't think think about about much. much. (laughs) (laughs) I have tra- I have trauma that we know. <laughs> We're not joking about trauma, just to be clear. No, um, I actually do think that it has affected my short-term memory. Oh, most definitely. So, there's that's fun, fun little fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. All right. So, on to my cases? Yeah. Okay. I think we're good. Um, of, on to my case, of which I have two. Oh, okay. Um for you guys this week. Um, the first we are talking about is about, is about, is about? It is about. It is about, thank you. The Sultan's Palace in New Orleans. Oh. Uh, the Sultan's Palace was originally known as the Gardet La Perette House. Um, I, <laughs> let's just say this is fuzzy. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. It's 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 hearsay. Uh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. We'll get into why, but it's fuzzy. All right. Uh, all right. Um, the like a peach. Like a peach. Uh, the home, which is just so happens, what flavor my um my moonshine slushy was just oh, now. Nice. It was very delicious. It honestly tasted like a pink starburst, oh. even though I know those aren't peach. But it tasted like that. It was it was pretty good. Just like the orange and the lemon. Octopus are oh, not yeah, yeah, also yeah, yeah. not peach. Yeah, but I. If you guys, like peach. what what brand is that? Trolley. Yeah. Trolley has these gummy octopus, and they are the best thing ever. They're better than the gummy worms. Mm. Yeah. They're also bigger. 
Okay, anyway, <laughs> back to this. So the home was owned by a, wealth, a wealthy businessman named Jean-Baptiste Lapret, who was Creole, like of Creole descent. Okay. Um, Lapret's business um, had fallen on ho- hard times and was almost to the point of having to sell his home in order to keep his personal finances in order. However, there was a mysterious traveler that had come from Turkey in search of a living the good life in the United States of America. So this differs in a couple different articles that I read. Mm-hmm. Um, in one article, it said that he, the guy wasn't struggling. He just spent most of his time at his plantation okay. um, and figured, why not? Yeah. And the, um, uh, it wasn't the guy from Turkey that approached him. It was his brother mm. that approached him looking for the place for the guy to live. Oh, okay. So gotcha. like there's differing reports. Gotcha. I just really liked this story and I needed to do it. Okay. okay. All right. Um, so his name was Suleiman, which is the, the, the guy, not the, the brother, the guy, okay. the actual guy. Um, it was said that Suleiman claimed to be a prince from Turkish royal family. However, it was revealed uh, that while his claim was true, he was the brother of a sultan who had banished Suleiman from the kingdom and was stripped of any official title that would tie him to the royal family. Okay. So he was, but now he's not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, due to the Civil War ravaging the economy, Lapret was on the point of desperation where he could have sold the home to anybody and, like, literally, like, you made this man an offer and he's like, sure, go yeah, for it. okay, gotcha. Um, which is when a Suleiman offered to rent the home. Mm. Um, so as Lapret... I feel like it's Lapret. Lapret? I don't know. It's French. It's hard to pronounce. Um, left town, Suleiman was like settled in and ready to bring a lot of life into the place known as the French Quarter before it, you know, mm-hmm. little known place. Yeah. Nobody's ever heard of it. Or been there, really. Or been there. Like a hole in the wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. Barely on the map. Mm-hmm. Before it became party central throughout the neighborhood, the newest residence, um, the Gardette home, mm-hmm. Uh, was ahead of its time. A ship soon arrived in the port of New Orleans. Among its passengers were women who dressed sharp and looked like they were ready for a ball. Soon after came many of Solomon's servants. Um, servants. Servants? We'll get that. Mm-hmm. Um, very soon, the home was decorated with valuable artworks, fabrics, and so many artifacts and treasures that it might have been worth a fortune then and now. Uh, these riches were enough to captivate the attention of the locals who were trying to wonder who was living inside the home that once belonged to a struggling businessman. Uh, the entire city had plunged into economic freefall, so who could have possibly been living like the high life, um, while even some of the city's wealthiest were, like, struggling, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Uh, despite many revelers coming and going almost every night from what was known, now known as the Sultan's Palace, Locals were forbidden to enter the home, which, bitch, you in my fucking town. I wonder, like, hold on, hold on. Okay, go ahead. That's not me. That's an airplane. I'm Locals for, were forbidden to enter the home. Uh, why? <laughs> no. It's um, so weird. I know. Uh, like, what are you hiding in there? <sighs> we're about to find out. Oh, okay. Uh, spoilers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but those who were allowed to set foot um, on the steps were only allowed to leave gifts and other riches for the Solomon himself. Uh, the house was situated on 716 Dauphine, which was a place where parties were ongoing. The scent of opium filled the air, and a, like daily deliveries of gold on the doorsteps were a commonplace. Um, it was a night that was like any other at the Sultan's palace. That uh, do do That night, the Sultan had another one of his many parties that took place at the home. The weather outside was a frightening sight to see. 
This is a direct quote. Um, a, a nasty storm has battered the city and kept many New Orleans citizens inside, bracing for the worst. Meanwhile, the party goers at the palace seemed to carry on as if no, there was, like, no fucking fear. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like that's how it is at parties. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. You, you just, just focus on that and you don't realize, like, what's going on outside Yeah, yeah. So the following morning, a local man was passing through the French Quarter and noticed a trail of blood coming from the Sultan's palace. He notified police of his discovery, only for the police themselves to discover what appeared to be a horrifying sight. The revelers of the Sultan's palace were all dead. Many of them were slashed to death by what appeared to be belated weapons. The so-called Sultan was nowhere to be found. Legend says that the Sultan may have been kidnapped and buried somewhere alive. Long after the murders, there were no no suspects or other witnesses that came forward. Thus, it leads to a whole slew of conspiracy theories. Mm -hmm. Um, Some have said that pirates were landing in New Orleans and had discovered the Sultan's Palace only to plunder it with every ounce of riches that the house was covered in and leave no witnesses to chance. Others have said that Suleiman's brother, the, like, actual sultan, mm-hmm. may have enlisted some of his soldiers to assassinate him for being such a disappointment to the family. <laughs> Hard same, man. Hard same. Um, the party had come to an abrupt and bloody end on a wild, stormy night. So, um, the Suleiman's body was actually never found, mm. even this to this day. Yeah. Uh, whether he was indeed buried alive or if he was murdered and dispo- disposed of somewhere else, uh, the haunting story of the massacre lives on in the, he- the history books of the city of New Orleans. While the home had undergone renovations and changes in the ownership over the course of many decades, it had long been a place where hauntings had been a regular occurrence. Uh, past occupants of the house have reported seeing the sighting of a man dressed in Middle Eastern garments appearing on the walls of the home, only to disappear moments later. They had also been report. There have also been reports of phantom noises like shrieking and screaming. Nice. Yeah. Um, another thing is like chain, like change mm-hmm. rattling. Yeah. Um, on some occasions, the sound of body parts hitting the floor have been heard. Oh, yeah. Cute. Uh, local residents passing through the home had also reported hearing chimes going off and smelling different incense that might have been burning while there were no lights on inside. Um, Denise Augustine, a New Orleans tour guide with Rob Florence Historic New Orleans Tours. Holy fucking shit. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she recounts the story of this mysterious mansion that had been passed down for years. Uh, quote, at night the action began. The house came alive with music and since young women in bodily pleasures, Augustine said. She said neighbors were suspicious of the Sultan's palace. One day their suspicions were dead on. Quote, one morning a French quarter neighbor was taking a walk and he noticed blood seeping down the walls, down the steps and onto the sidewalk. The neighbor summoned the police and what he found was the most vicious massacre they have ever seen. Every man, woman and child. Also, why would there be a child at a party? I don't know. Um, dismembered and body parts were thrown everywhere, she said. Augustine went on telling the tale. Quote, they got to the courtyard and found a grave with the hand protruding out of it. It was as if the hand was reaching out for life itself, which we know to not be true because they have never found his body. Mm. Unless they buried some other poor unsuspecting soul. Yeah. So, um, this is why, like, a lot of people believe that the place is haunted because there was a mass murder there. Mm-hmm. Um, now... Nearly 200 years later, Nina Navens owns the place, uh, palace, place, whatever the Mm -hmm. fuck. Technically, it's a place, also the palace, Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) which is now broken up into six different apartments. Uh, Yeah. Quote, I just Googled the address and everyone is saying that it's a harem of horror and I was totally shocked. I fell in love with the house the moment I saw it. I was really taken aback and worried that it would affect the property value, but I knew I wanted to own it, said Nina. I mean, she sounds like our kind of gal. (laughs) Um, So she started doing research on the palace. Quote, originally, I thought we were purchasing a piece of property. I didn't realize we were purchasing a piece of history. The story of the Sultan's Palace has been sensationalized. There were not 37 people buried in this building. The story was told to a historian before the building was even built. 
Um, even though she doesn't believe the story, she would admit that there are some odd occurrences in the mansion. Uh, okay. Quote, the only strange thing that happens is the keys keep going missing and they don't show up again. It's weird, but I never feel alone in this building, uh, Nina says. Um, haunted or not, French Quarter tour guides still continue to call the place the Sultan's Palace. Um, quote, I believe most of the hauntings have a basis in fact. We are a city with so much history, we don't have time to make up stories. Uh, which is what Augustine says. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, this property is listed on the National Registry of Historic Pla- uh, Places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just lost my, my, my <laughs> whole train of thought there because all I typed is National Registry of Historic. Oh. Um, and just kind of like blanked out <laughs> solidly. Apparently, I don't think about much. <laughs> um, so... Uh, with that, people, like, walk by and say that they see a sighting of a man, like, uh, with dark to light-colored hair, like, peering out of one of the windows, looking out towards the French Quarter, only to disappear sometimes. Um, some say that it was perhaps an apparition of the many who um, claimed to be, like, the Solomon, mm-hmm. you know. Um, the home still stands, even today, uh, and two of the apartments were for rent Oh, nice. last year. We could have lived there. Honestly. <laughs> but yeah, I found that very interesting. Um, but the whole thing is like, uh, the whole thing about it, like the story being told. And like, in one article I saw that it was, it happened in 1762. And that was before there was even like a building there. But <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Obviously that's not true then. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. But then there's, like, other dates conflicting it. Mm-hmm. So it's a very interesting yeah. little story. I mean, I'm sure it was oral before it ever came. Yes. Became actual story. Yeah. So lots of details are, who knows what's true and what's not. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting nonetheless. Yeah. And to see, like, the differences between different stories. Like, one person, you know, one family may have told it differently than another family. So mm-hmm. it's always interesting to see those the differences what somebody emphasized versus someone else yeah so all right on to the next haunting because i was in the mood for some ghost all right uh so let's go to eureka springs arkansas Mm. arkansas Um, or arkansas Mm. have you been to arkansas i have we ran out of gas in the middle of arkansas oh my god about to get really fucked up in eureka springs okay (sighs) okay are you ready yeah okay um, so we, Eureka Springs, Arkansas, mm-hmm. said that, um, to the Crescent Hotel, hotel, not hotel. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it might've been a hotel. <laughs> I don't, we're know. not judging. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> you know what I just thought of? <laughs> so... <laughs> So the other night, to to I don't want to say celebrate because we weren't celebrate Chloe leaving, but commemorate commemorate. Thank you, um, Chloe leaving. We went to go get margaritas, mm-hmm. and so I wore a very cute outfit, mm-hmm. and I was <laughs> telling Sierra <laughs> that it was a very cute outfit, but I was like wearing some cute, you know, I'm gonna like I'm gonna it, it was cute, okay. Mm-hmm. And um, Sierra goes, here comes the, and then I go, whore, <laughs> like the little sound, you know? That's all I was thinking about, the hotel, oh. here comes the whore. <laughs> I only said that because you were going to try to get, you are getting um Oh, a free dinner. Death. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was getting my part, I was joking, I was like, yeah, I mean, I only dress like this to get free dinner. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> All right. Anyway, the Crescent Hotel uh, was built in 1886 as a resort uh, for the rich and famous. But right from the start, however, tragedy seemed to be built into the foundation while under the while under the construction. Uh. Oh, dear Lord. An Irish stonemason identified only as Michael, which this was in 1885. So even before it opened. okay, um, Michael fell to his death inside the grand building. Um, Yikes. Yeah. So not a great start, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. ju- just maybe. Uh, quickly, it became unmanageable and fell into disrepair. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, it was only open for, I think, like, five years. Mm. At first. At first. Okay, okay. We're, we're gonna get into more. Okay. Because it gets really fucked up really quick, okay? Okay, <laughs> alright. Um, <laughs> in 1908, it was reopened as a Crescent College and... Com- how do you say that? Conservatory? Conservatory, yeah. yeah. Crescent College and Conservatory for Young Women. The institution closed down in 1924 and then opened in 1930 um, as a junior college. After the college closed in 1934, the Crescent was leased as a summer hotel. Um, in, and once again, in 1937, it got a, no- a new owner, Norman G. Baker, who turned the place into a hospital and health resort. Um, Baker, a millionaire inventor and radio personality, styled himself as a doctor despite having no medical training. <laughs> I mean, uh-huh. He, um, he, cute, cute fact. You know how this man ended up in Eureka Springs, Arkansas? He was running from the law. Yeah, he was. He was running for the American Medical Association oh, and geez. was kicked out of, oh, uh, not Ohio, Iowa. Mm. Yeah. Um, Cute. Mm-hmm. He claimed to have discovered a number of cures for de- uh, various ailments, including cancer, and launched frequent attacks on organized medicine, which he accused of being corrupt and profit-driven, which he is not wrong. Right. He is not wrong. He is wrong at how he does things, though. That particular statement is... That particular <laughs> statement is it's not incorrect. Yeah. Um, so... Basically, we hate Norman G. Baker, okay? Oh, okay, got it. He can go fuck himself, <laughs> okay? We we like John Tunis, who I am introducing right now. Okay. John, oh my God, Maggie Mae Varner. Mm, Max has bad toots. You're walking on this so bad. <laughs> Mag, that's mean. Especially because I can't get up and walk away. Yeah, I'm talking about you. You got some stinky toots, man. What did you eat? Look at her. She's just laying there. I'm like, mm. Y'all. Okay. Anyway, John Tunis and his wife, Lula. Okay. Um, now, Lula was dying of cancer. Mm-hmm. Very sad. And in his private, like, private moments, he, like, began to, like, beg God or so-called mm-hmm. God, to not take his wife and cursed him for, like, letting him suffer in, like, such a cruel end, you know? Yes. You know how people do. Yes. So, by the end of May, I believe it was 1939. I did not write the date down. I think it was 1939. Okay. Um, don't quote me on that. Uh, Lula was running out of time. John had placed her and their dwindling hopes in the hands of a man. You know who that Ugh. man was? Mm-hmm. It was Norman G. Baker. Oh, man. Also known as a hot... Steaming pile of garbage topped in shit. Mm. Um, they prayed that he could provide the cure that, and the um, like medical n- no with all at the establishment, however. But he doesn't have any medical no with all. Yum, yum, yum. However, by all appearances, they had reason to hope. Baker was the founder of the Baker Institute in Muscatine, Muscatine Iowa. Mm, I don't know. Who knows? He was a flamboyant medical maverick with a cure for a cancer. This is how he phrased it. A cancer. Oh. Okay. A cancer of the mind. Mm-hmm. Always dressed in white suit and a lavender tie. He owned a radio station Ew. in Iowa. Yep. With the letters KTNT. Know the naked truth. No. Doesn't this sound... Sounds like a cult. Doesn't it, it sounds no, like. doesn't it sound like this man would totally be into QAnon? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so he l- took to the airwaves to declare war on big business and the American Medical Association. He believed that organized medicine was corrupt and chose to profit over patients. He preached the gospel of alternative medicine. He was the self-proclaimed champion of the common man against the ownership class. He was on the... T- the tuna aside, and he had a cure. It is doubtful that John and Lula could have known how much, uh, like about the background of Baker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I mean, it was the fucking thirties. So it's not like they could Google the man. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. 
And this background included that he was a uh, magician, turned inventor, turned millionaire businessman, turned populist radio host, turned cancer doctor without a day of medical training in his life. Let me just emphasize that again, because I know I said that earlier, but like, this man did not have a single doctorate. Not even in a non-medical field. Yeah. Um, they couldn't have known that Norman's magic elixir was nothing more than a useless mix of watermelon seed, brown corn silk, alcohol, and carbolic acid. Uh, they clearly did not know that all Norman Baker had to offer was an excruciating pseudo-treatment and betrayal of their last hope. But in time, they learned John Tunis would later testify in court against Norman Baker Quote, she took the needle treatments. She told me it was awful that five or seven needles a day were stuck into her arm and they would hold them there until the medicine ran out. She said it didn't do much good, said she wanted to go home, that she was getting worse. She was in terrible shape when she left the Baker Institute and went down in bed right away. That's so sad. Lula was dead by Christmas. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Is that not horrible? It is. So he's not any better than the, the people that he says mm-hmm. are terrible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it gets worse. Yeah. Um, so in the introduction of Norman's bought and paid for biography, quote, doctors, dynamiters, and gunmen. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. The author, Alvin Winston, wrote, This is an inspiration book for young and old, a fact story of how a man fought his enemies, how he faced gunmen, dynamiters, and enemy doctors, how he fought the medical racket, the radio trust, the aluminum trust, and others. He did it for you. There has never been a book prepared so carefully. This makes it most important book ever written. Read the life story of Norman Baker, the greatest one-man battle ever fought. Who the fuck does that sound like to you? Trump. Uh huh. <laughs> I thought so too. I had a measly one million dollars to invest. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So that is how Norman Baker wanted the world to see him as a crusader who fought to protect the common man against exploitation. But behind the mask of humanitarianism was a man who leeched off the sick and dying and made hundreds of thousands of dollars. Although tragic, Lula's story is far from unique, it could be interchanged with hundreds of other desperate cancer sufferers who came to Norman Baker looking for a cure but only found suffering and death. It was the way of making, it was the way of things at the Baker's Hospital in Iowa and the one in Eureka Springs for nearly a decade. Nobody cut on for 10 years. Um... Hold on. No. After 10 years of being hounded by the authorities and the AMA, which is the American Medical Association, okay. all it took to bring B- Baker down was seven letters placed in the United States mail advertising his services. Norman Baker was arrested by federal authorities and charged with using the mails to defraud. Mm. Mm-hmm. The trial was held in January of 1940 in Little Rock, and Norman was found guilty on all seven counts. He appealed the decision but was denied. The opinion handed down by the Court of Appeals said that Norman's cancer cure was pure hoax. And in January, um, also still in January of 1940, excuse me, Norman arrived at Leavenworth Federal Penitentiary to serve a four-year sentence. One investigator wrote, quote, Our investigation indicates that Baker and his associates defrauded cancer sufferers out of approximately $4 million. Holy crap. Yeah, which in today's money would be $79 million. Holy crap. Yeah. (sighs) That's insane. Yeah. Like how much that money could have gone to something else. To actual cancer research. To actually helping these people. Or even just, even if they couldn't be helped, but just like making yeah. their lives That's better. That's what I mean. Just like making their lives comfortable. Yeah. Um, so our investigation further shows that a great majority of the people who were actually suffering with cancer who took the treatment lived but a short while after returning to their homes from the hospital. We believe that the treatment hastened their death of the sufferers in most cases. It appears to us that the sentence of four years which Baker received in the fine of $4,000 was extremely light penalty under the circumstances. 
I mean, considering he basically killed all those people. Hundreds of people? Yeah. Um, he was no longer Norman Baker, millionaire businessman and cancer maverick. Now he was simply known as inmate 58197. So in a statement in the warden's report, Norman said, quote, I am not guilty. They have never proved anything in the indictment. We figure this was all a railroading proposition. It is my opinion that the jury was fixed and influenced. We have hired a private detective to look into the matter. It is believed that whiskey and women were made available to the jurors. We were railroaded by the American Medical Association, who have been after me for years. Again, does that not sound familiar? Yeah. Just interchange the American Medical Association with Democrats. And this whole thing with the election. Yeah. Wow. I mean, there's one in every generation, right? (sighs) Sadly, yes. So Norman was released from Leavenworth on July 19th, 1944. He retired to Florida and lived comfortably until his death in 1958. Mm. Yep. He didn't get his own treatment. (laughs) (laughs) That just so... Irritating. Yeah, yeah. It is. It's fucked up. So with hundreds of people dying at this place, it it couldn't possibly be haunted. (laughs) And they don't have like a hatred for anybody or anything. No. Definitely not. (laughs) So the hotel was bought again in um nineteen ninety seven and um it was like restored to the Hotel, hotel. Okay. Like the gotcha. first, the yeah. first thing, um, and kind of like tried to clear the whole Norman Baker thing. Mm-hmm. And when I looked on their website, because they're still open today, mm-hmm. uh, when I looked on their website, like there's a very small little section. Just like a chip, chip. Yeah, like this happened, but we're not really gonna talk about it. Yeah. Um, which I mean, I get, but like, uh, anyway, it's not so, like you actually did that. Yeah, that, that happened there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so Jack Moyer, the hotel general manager, uh, for the, uh, well, hold on. For the hotel? Yeah, I phrased that really stupidly. (laughs) Jack Moyer, hotel general manager, recounted, quote, I, la 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 la. Oh, he did? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, wow. (laughs) Quote, I clearly remember Carol Heath stating that he had discovered a portal to the other side for those who are on the same frequency. Um, Moyer, who was a skeptic, uh, at the time, at least laughed and continued quote, I remember asking myself what were we were thinking, trying to explore the unexplained world. But after more than a decade of working around the paranormal, I now assuredly recognize how many people truly connect to the spirits here at the Crescent. And there is a new and specific reason why. So Moyer's reason is the fact after 18 years, he has been confronted with the realm of chilling coincidence that caused the original portal to be like discovered slash mm-hmm. resurfaced. It started with dialogue involving Moyer and a current hotel ghost tour manager, Keith Scales. Um, quote, Keith came to me to share concern about the phenomenon that had been reoccurring on his nightly tours. Moyer explained, quote, that phenomenon included multiple guests who had grown faint with a few passing out briefly at the same, like, stop on the tour Mm -hmm. with no reasonable explanation. Then Scales described the location, and it was the area that had been identified as a portal more than a decade ago. Oh, wow. Which, like, if you think about it, if that many fucked up things Mm -hmm. is slash that many people are dying or like our death is related to that specific place. It makes sense that like that sort of energy, it would be like a lot of energy in one. Yeah. Um, Quote, Scales then took me to the place and and pinpointed the portal phenomenon as happening just outside the hotel's annex entrance, exactly where like, uh, the Heath guy had identified the location of the portal years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, this phenomenon has guests suddenly turning pale, falling against, and then sliding down the wall in a faint. Although the loss of consciousness does not last very long and complete recovery is like almost immediately. Mm-hmm. It tends to further the, and like substantiate the hotel's legendary supernatural connection to the paranormal. 
Um, Moria went on to say, quote, what made that moment most chilling was when Keith and I realized that this is the portal was directly above the morgue located in the bottom level of the hotel. Oh, wow. Yeah. Again, it's associated with mm-hmm. death. Yeah. And that kind of, that has a, that holds a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. So the legend now proven has spawned often re-experienced paranormal encounters it's like children being seen huddled under the morgue's autopsy table, pleading for help. Uh, the reoccurrence of the Baker patient, who also served as a hospital assistant, being seen in and around room 419, which is supposedly one of the most haunted rooms, mm-hmm. 419 and 404, okay. um, are said to have been really fucking haunted. 419 is better known as Theodora's room, the, which is the patient. Mm-hmm. Um, the early morning loud squeaking of wheels in the third floor corridor accompanied by sightings of a nurse pushing a corpse laden gurney down the hallway only to see it vanish into thin air and then numerous conversations with former patients by the way of responses uh, via EMF mm-hmm. uh, like during paranormal investigations Visitors over the years have reported witnessing strange going-ons in the hallways and rooms of the Crescent. Room 218, where Michael fell to his death, is said to have been the most haunted um, following 404 and 419. Mm -hmm. Uh, Today, the hotel gives daily ghost tours on the (laughs) tours. Guests visit the hotel's basement, which was once used as the morgue, like I said, Mm -hmm. and still contains an old autopsy table. I feel like that's in bad taste, though. That's kind of like when we were at the Van Gogh exhibit and they had stickers of the ear. Just stickers of his ear. Some things I just feel are not in the best of taste. <laughs> but that's just me mm-hmm. um, voicing my opinion on my own fucking podcast. So if you don't like it, you guys don't have to listen um, in a mood. <laughs> All of a sudden, just like. All of a sudden in a mood. <laughs> All right. In 2017, a 62-year-old man named William Thomas fell to his death from a fourth-story balcony inside the Crescent Hotel. The incident was determined to be an accident, or at least we'll say it's an accident. Um, (laughs) I believe a ghost pushed him. Um, Now, in its 17th year, the ghost tour of the Crescent Hotel continues to increase in popularity. Paranormal evidence in the form of personal experience. Um, they see orbs <laughs> and other anomalous, like, photography keeps coming in. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes on the tours themselves, leading, like, leading to the, like, street cred. Oh, okay. Go you ahead. know? Yeah. Uh, frequent reports of paranormal sightings, um, most often including doctors and nurses, uh, mm-hmm. like the one pushing the cart down the hall. Yeah. And, like, former patients make this one of the most haunted hotels in the United States. It is uh, supposedly the most haunted hotel in the South, which is hard for me to believe because, like, the one in Savannah mm-hmm. is supposedly, you know. I mean, who gets to decide, right? Emily. Emily gets to decide. Well, we have to go to them then <laughs> so that you can decide. Okay. Um, this place is also on the National Historic Trust thing. Mm-hmm. Um, National Registry of Historic Places. You know, that. (laughs) I got you. You do. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, if you guys want to visit, it sounds like a really pretty place. Except for this one review I read on TripAdvisor. (laughs) Oh my god, there's always one though. (laughs) Hold on, I need to read it because it's really great. (laughs) Let me me pull it back up because I accidentally closed it. Okay, are you ready? Yes. So, this man, Mm -hmm. because it is a man, um, (laughs) goes, room 404, two double beds, three adult, one child, and, like, proceeds to explain everything. Like, he lists the good, like, the staff was nice and helpful, and then he goes down to... (laughs) She's, like, still scrolling. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's a lot. (laughs) Holy crap. (laughs) Ain't nobody got time for that. No, I'm not reading the whole thing. I just need... <laughs> like, to write it mm-hmm. or to read it. Yeah, so the my favorite's the bad. So, number one, I was miffed at being misled by the hotel desk about the carpeting. 1A. <laughs> Wait, 
first of all, before you even get to the A part, why did you ask them about the carpeting? You you go, just picture, you walk up to the desk and you're getting checked in. How's the carpeting in the room? I heard that it was great. I just expect that to be. I'm like, excuse me. All the what? Excuse me. <laughs> Anyways, oh my god. Okay. One A. So, one A. It may not be shag, but it's darn close, and it is <laughs> ugly. <laughs> B. One B. One B. Also about the carpet. I'm yep, the carpet looked dirty all the time. <laughs> Maybe it's just like that. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> anyway. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna skip down to number eleven. Okay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it gets better. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> number eleven. The painted decor of the room was beyond ugly. Not 1880s at all. Red with gold stars. It's got a gold star. How can it be bad? It's the paint. <laughs> Oh, oh. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Number 15. The public restroom in the bottom level positively stunk. <laughs> it's a public bathroom. All right. Here we go. I mean. Here's, here's, here's the last thing I'm going to read. Right. Right. And I'm going to attach this in the, uh, like on the blog. Okay. So you guys can enjoy because i had a fucking time and a half reading this oh my god so the recommendations oh because he offers recommendations nice are you ready yes i'm ready okay get rid of that filthy carpet and replace it with laminate flooring or engineered wood floors it's healthier too get rid of the popcorn ceilings and textured walls very unperiod like Repaint the walls a light neutral color to make the room seem brighter. Coffee table in the room. Fix the pulsating water supply to the shower. Make the tub much less dangerous uh, to enter either a stand-in, an exit, or add mats to the bottom. Overall, I would not return, nor would I in good faith recommend the hotel to anyone that in an event... Oh, fuck. To anyone other than the adventurous type looking for something eclectic. The warts outweigh the ambiance. Out of five stars, I can only give two, and that's generous. Sorry. The Crescent needs at least $5 million in renovations. I have stayed in numerous Victorian-era hotel era hotels, and this was the bottom tier. If I may use an analogy, it looked like a no. homeless person in a suit. Um, I think your analogy is a little backwards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because that would imply that you actually liked the decor, but everything else was bad. Yep, yep. So, um, I want to stay there. <laughs> I mean, he seems like a Karen. What's the other thing? Uh, a Glenn. Okay, well, whatever the male version of the Karen is. I think it's a Glenn. I'm not okay. 100% well, positive he on that, He seems though. like a Glenn. I mean, I looked at, that was written in 2017, but I looked at it, like, pictures of it. Mm -hmm. It's $162 a night for, like, right now, but it goes yeah. up for, like, holiday season. Right. Um, it looks really pretty. It looks nice for a Victorian-era hotel. I mean, there's only certain, I mean, like, you can only do so much to it. Like. Exactly. So, the Crescent features 15 on-site acres of gardens and natural ta trails. Visitors can also enjoy more than 100 restored Victorian restaurants, shops, and galleries in the nearby town. So, I mean, I think it sounds cute. It could be like a whole thing, then. It could be like a whole thing. Yeah. Um, what was this, what was this user's name? Because I'm full on calling this people out. Zippo1947. So, he's From Tulsa. Yeah. Uh, fuck you. Anyway, so that is my second case of the week. Um, Look at you go. I know. I was on it today. <laughs> wow. That, I mean, I love the ghost stories, but that little tidbit at the end <laughs> what, was that just so like, great. <laughs> like, what the heck? <laughs> what I had done was, like, I was Googling about the room. Yeah. And, like, I typed in the room number, mm -hmm. and that popped up. And uh, I was like, yeah. oh, maybe it's, like, a cool, like, he had, like, an experience mm -hmm. there. 
He did. He did. But he had an experience. Also, I love that we're assuming it's a man. Yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah. I mean, I guess it could have been anything. Zippo, whatever it was. Yeah. 522. Yeah. Um, I just want to go there to like prove that person wrong. Right. And, like, and no, actually. It sounds really fun. I want to see the nurses rolling down the corpses. Yeah. Hmm. It's cool that it's still going, though. Yeah. So, like, people aren't scared of it. At least it's not as dangerous. It doesn't, doesn't seem as dangerous mm-hmm. now. So, there's that. All right. You ready to plug all the things? Yeah. All right. Plug all the things. All right. Well, first of all, just let us know if you've been to either of these places. Oh, my God. Do it. And let's pl- let's um, prove Zippo 1947 wrong. <laughs> Does that mean they were born in 1947? They're really old. So, yeah. They they could use some updates. They could use $5 million worth of <laughs> updates. <laughs> anyway, so let us know. You can um, let us know either on Facebook inst- or Instagram at Paranormal Podcast. Or you can send us an email, paranormalpodcast at gmail.com. Um, if you win... Not if, but when you go to the website to check out our blog. Mostly because you guys need to read this fucking review of this hotel. <laughs> um, when you go there to for this episode, send us a little message on there. There's a little contact us part, and um, we'll get back to you as long as it's not spam. And Yeah, because I'm fucking tired of getting back to spam. Yeah. It's it's not a good thing, really. No. It's really just very annoying. pointless. That or random ass dick pics. Well... That's always a bad time. Um, oh my god, she did it again. That is also always a bad time. Maggie Toots, yeah. Maggie Toots. Um, but anyway, if you are the letter writing, or maybe you find like if a postcard or something, we are all about the postcards. Oh my too. god, I love postcards. Um, so you can send us a mail at Paranorm Podcast, PO Box one four one six, Monroe, North Carolina two eight one one one. That's three uh, ones. Three ones. And a postcard's only one stamp, so you're good to go there. And <laughs> <laughs> what? You're so cute. <laughs> but anyway, so that would be cool, too. I, I look forward to postcards from you guys. I look forward to mail that's in both of our names instead of just yours. We literally went to check our P.O. box the other day. Yeah. And this bitch got, like, <laughs> 13 pieces of mail. And I honestly, it might have even been the more than that. The entire P.O. box was full. It was stuffed full. And one item out of the 20 pieces of mail that were in there. At least. Yeah. Were, was mine. And it was like the freaking Sam's catalog. And we don't even have a <laughs> Sam's membership. <laughs> oh, man. So that was interesting. It's, it, was not, it was not a joyous time in the car on the ride home. No. But... If you guys send us something, then Emily can be, like, ecstatic. Which yeah. would be awesome. <laughs> you don't have to hear me, bitch. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. All right. Well, I hope you guys... Ow. I just hit myself in the face with my glasses. Way to go. <laughs> I hope you guys do not hit yourselves in the face with your glasses. Yes, but have sir. a spooky week. And Oh, have the spookiest of weeks. Yep. Well... We We're going to go to the Southern Christmas show tomorrow, and I'm yes. so excited. We will catch you guys next week. Probably. If we're still here. We might just dissipate. <gasps> the best time. Yes. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.